The Bills have their first win of the 2022 NFL preseason. And the Sabres actually have some news this week by signing Riley Sheehan. Along with the rundown, some would you rather, hot takes, trivia, and more, this is the Buffalonian Podcast. All right, let's go. back with the Buffalonian podcast. I'm Joe Callie, and as always, I'm joined by Dom Loss and Mike Marino, and we're going to get right into it with some Buffalo Bills news. The Bills have officially kept their nine-game win streak alive in the preseason by overtaking the Colts in a comeback victory. What are your thoughts, gentlemen? Well, I mean, it was cool to see that they beat the Colts 27-24, same score as the 2020 uh, Super Wildcard game. Oh, yeah. That's kind of a Fun fact. Yeah, nice little, nice little nugget. Uh, yeah, little nugget to begin the pod. But uh, you know, it's a cool moment. I, obviously, it's cool to win. I think, I think everything is a lot better for winning. But at the end of the day, it's a, it's about seeing the young guys play, especially in the preseason. And you know, I'd say that the Bills out of the Colts are like we're big winners, even at the fact, even if the Bills would have lost. I think just because the Bills mostly had back, they did pretty much have backups in the entire right. time, and the Colts, you know, had some times with their starters and. You know, the Bills did really well. Yeah, their defense was standout to me. I mean, in the beginning of the game, it was, it was I solid. Mean, yeah, I mean, that was mainly what? Our backup defense, and that was, for the most part, their starting offense, what it'll be. Like, Matt Ryan had a few series. You saw Pittman out there. Like, a lot of their starting offensive linemen. Quinn eventually, Nelson. Eventually, their linemen, French fries. No, that was oh that yeah was, that was you know, yeah situation. that was that, that was, was something kinda, I don't know. think I've ever seen before. So, but yeah, was, no. Um, it was good to see. You know, we saw a few guys really stand out. And it's good to see because those guys kind of had question marks. And it was like, you know, what are they going to be? Are they going to make the roster? Are they just going to get buried in the depth chart? You know, be healthy scratches. But some of them actually stood out really good. Well, it's the first time that, you know, these young guys have had NFL experience. You know, all the rookies. And I thought mostly all the rookies, I think, you know, flashed and played well. Other than, you know, Luke Tenuta, the sixth-round offensive tackle, probably was the only one that was like... Really not stand out, stand right. out. Yeah, but I mean, I think it shows, you know, the depth of this draft class for being that you know six of the seven guys at least had some positive thing go, you know, well they obviously punt God with that. Bomb. Yeah, yeah, the punting competition's over. <laughs> you know, it's it's no, yeah, it's cool because it's like you know, Ariza had a nice punt. Bale Inspector made a couple of nice plays. You know, Benford and Elam outside had nice some nice plays. Secure. Bookie? Basham was my standout. Boogie Basham. So, I mean, it's cool to see these young guys. And I think Mike talks about it all the time on an initial basis about having depths in your drafts. But I think what consistently has been, you know, how the really, if anyone want to take note on how the Bills turn, you know, their fortunes around, it's their ability to draft and develop on day three. You see Taron Johnson, he just got a big extension uh, last year in the fourth round a couple years ago. You know, Matt Milano was a fifth round draft pick. Tyler Bass was a day three pick, and now he's a pretty pretty good kicker, I'd say. Right, yeah. So I think it's it's, a, it's the ability for Bean not only to hit high in the draft, but also 
draft guys later in the draft that will make impact, be impact players on the roster. And it's also, you know, the coaching staff is one of the best coaching staffs in the entire NFL. Yeah, yeah, there's no question about that. No, but your, your, their opinion on Biggie Basham is completely spot on. Oh, yeah. He, no, no. But, like, he, he, was the, he was the highest grade player according to PFF. I think he had, like, a 91.7 It was, grade. around a 92. Yeah. I want to say, obviously, he had the really nice move in the Nick Foles causing the strip sack, which fellow rookie, Terrell Bernard, yep. uh, had a nice... I believe 69 yards, 60-something. It was a high, Yeah, he was slowing down at the end, though. I didn't think it was going to stick. It's funny because you see, was it Cam Lewis next to him? Yeah, he was like jogging. Yeah, jogging. And Bernard's and like had sprinting. His, he had his like, hand yeah. on his back at one point. Honestly, it looked like he thought from like the 30-yard, 30, 30 or 40-yard line, I, thought, I think he just kind of decided to coast a little bit. And then all of a sudden, that one cold kind of came in frame. You're like, oh, man, this is yeah. like a Leon Lutz situation. Yeah, no, it's like Don Beebe coming up, but mm-hmm. reversed, not the Bills. So, you know, you never know. But. I know, but. I thought he was gassed, honestly. It's like that the bar in Madden where it like your stamina bar just drops and then he just stopped. Yeah. Yeah. And he just slowed down. I was like, Oh, this guy's gassed right now. No, the adrenaline took it all out of him. But again, that's another that's another rookie making a really nice play. Yeah. Um even you know, he's not a rookie, but his first year was a complete wash. Last year was on the practice squad. Isaiah Hodgins. Yes. He played very well. He did. And the difference with him is that he's an outside guy. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about like Shakir, McKenzie, they're all like the slot guy. But you had a lot of time outside too. I was kind of interested to see that. Yeah, but like besides Diggs and Davis, like you never hear anybody really outside. So hearing Hodgins maybe squeak in there, battle with like Kumaro or something, that could be something. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's going to be an interesting conversation for you know Bean and McDermott to have. Is I don't think Hodgins is really going to make his name on special teams. I know he can play special teams, but it seems like Kumaro is a significantly better player than him there. But it also seems like Hodgins is a significant... I mean, Kumaro fumbled in the game. So, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. Kumaro's really not giving you much offensively. He's more of a special teamer. So, I don't think... It's interesting because I don't think they're competing against each other for a spot, per se. Because I think Kumaro's really competing with, you know, other guys for special team spots. You know, the certain mm-hmm. right. number of, whatever number of special team spots they have. And it also helps Kumaro that, you know, Andre Smith got suspended the six games. So, he won't be a part of the 53-man roster at the beginning of the year. So. Yeah. Yeah, it actually probably helps Kumro. It's it's interesting because honestly, what could happen with Hodgins is that Spectre, who obviously had made some flash plays, if he performs well, you know, on special teams as well, maybe he takes Kumro's spot, and then that allows Hodgins to take a spot on the yeah, roster. Yeah, right. I feel like Hodgins has more upside as receiver than Kumro. I would agree well, with that. Well, I think that's yeah. I think that's pretty obvious. <laughs> just <'cause I> think, <laughs> no, no, no. Just, just because, no. We'll just manifest it, okay? Well, also, I mean, don't lie to yourself. You're a big Isaiah Hodges fan. You thought he was better than Gabe Davis coming out. Of right. Yeah. I, did, I, did, I did. I think I did. Say I that. could definitely see that. Come well, being made by Mike. The biggest difference between the problem that Hodgins has, and this is just, is that I mean, you see it on that one play where Barkley dimed him, and he had that nice diving catch. Mm. He's that. He's he had a very good release. And he had an amazing catch, good catch radius, good release. But that corner got whooped off the line of scrimmage and was able to get back to his hip. Right. So I think what the problem with Hodgins is is that is he is he really a big a good enough athlete per se? He's not really a fast guy. No. So I think that's He's a size guy. That's mm-hmm. that's his problem. I think that's what his problem is in the going to be in the NFL level is that you know if if a top tier corner athlete gets beat by him, you know they could probably recover and. You know, at least be in the way to make it a harder catch. But he has been good at contested catches. Yeah, you know, this, this is his first training camp where he's actually played well. So right. And one thing I just want to add in about preseason in general is sitting at the game live again was fantastic. It was it was amazing to be back there. But some of these fans, man, they're they're taking it like it's like it's a regular season game. And I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, 
like you think back to the four Super Bowls, right? Every preseason game they lost for those four years. They did not win one single preseason game. I believe the 07 Patriots lost all four of their preseason games. Exactly. Detroit went 4-0, and and they ended up going 0-16. Yeah, no Yeah. Yeah, so, that's what I'm saying. Though nothing. the preseason means absolutely nothing. Same thing with the Browns. I think they I, went four zero and then zero mm-hmm. sixteen. Yeah. I'm one of those people where the preseason, the results of the preseason mean nothing. But I wouldn't say the preseason means nothing. No, I yeah, the, like the result. Like a, I would yeah. say if the Bills lost, I would have walked out of there with the same attitude I have right now. That man, we're we're looking good depth wise. Well, like I'm, either way, I, I, if the Bills would have lost that game, you'd have went off like, well, the Bills are still the Bills lost, but the Bills are bigger winners than the Colts. Exactly, and the Colts offense look. Well, Coats ones looked bad. They traded for Matt Ryan, and Matt Ryan looked worse than who's the rookie that they put in at the end, end of the game. Jack so, Cohen. Yes, he was and running he, all over us. Like that. that no, 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 no. Ellinger. Ellinger. Not, not Cohen was terrible. Ellinger. No, yeah. Ellinger? Ellinger was no, yeah. He was. He was. He was decent. He did better than Matt Ryan did, and that was against our second string defense. Yeah, yeah. we tore him apart. Nick and Foles also, this terrible. just shows how fraudulent Matt Ryan is as a quarterback. I mean, let's just be honest here. After that twenty-eight to three loss, it was game over for him. His career was out the, out the window in the toilet, in a dumpster fire, if you will. But that's all I got to say. No, I think it's also cool to see guys like Tim Settle make a couple nice plays yeah. and run defense. I just think this is going to be a it's a different year for the Bills because I think what the Bills have been lacking is the guy like Tim Settle or DaQuan Jones in the middle of the defense that is a legit run stopper. Yeah, not like. You know, Star was the guy that everyone thought could be the run stopper. Exactly, but he was never available, and he really never performed when he was on the field. Like it, these guys right. perform, it's huge for you know guys like Milano and Edmonds, who I would say, to be honest, are like who so far in their careers have been kind of like average to below average run defenders. Right, and that and having you know having them be clean most of the time could be a huge difference in those guys taking jumps in that aspect of their game. Exactly. And I think, you know, I dog on Tremaine quite a bit, right? I mean that that's known at this point. If you're if you're listening, no, you know, yeah, it's it's a known thing and it's exciting because I feel like he might have the year we've been looking for him to have, you know, with the way the defense is set up now. I know that's you know, you might be not expecting me to say that, but I, I'm rooting for Tremaine this year. I, I think he's well, going to have I a good year. Gonna, not root, I don't think you're going to you know, root, root, root against, against a Bills, Bills player. player. Yeah. Like, but no, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to actively root against yeah, my yeah. favorite team that we yeah, also do a podcast incent- about. He's got everything. an incentive to play, yeah. too. Yeah, actively talking about the Bills, and I'm just rooting against them actively yeah, on, the, on the podcast. But, That's great. You know, Jaquan Johnson had a nice pick. You know, he's kind of a backup safety, you know, Hamlin, you know, for... Poyer and Hyde, obviously Poyer banged up, but he should be. He's looking all right. And right. I liked our return game too. Yeah, it looked, threw a few guys. I never expected James Cook would be back there. Neither did I, and he started but out the game. I, think, I was like, you got to be kidding me. I think that's him and Shakur. I think those are going to be ways to keep them involved during the game. Yeah, because I yeah. don't. I don't. Zach Moss. Zach Moss had. Oh yeah, I was he, very surprised yeah. when <laughs> that one run he got stuffed and then he bumped out to the side for an extra fifteen yards. I was like, that's what we've been waiting for for the past couple years where where's that been well you know that he was ink, he was that, more of a fullback in my opinion well, that than anything. ankle injury that he suffered against the colts in that wild card game that he like i don't know if he broke his ankle or like had major ligament injury but then he missed the rest of the year so it was a vendetta game you know, you're saying maybe but like that, that he said like he wasn't healthy on you know for training camp the next year and i think that really messed he him got up. cleared the like couple days yeah, before training camp up. Yeah. apparently he was never fully healthy last year so I think that's exciting. You know, I take a little bit of that stuff with a slight grain of salt. So do I. It's kind of a little bit excuses. It, it's a little. It's a little bit too with the boogie stuff that I think. I think we're all a little like we need to see boogie proven in the regular season a little bit, is because you know it's kind of like the same story you heard about Epinesa, 
how, you know, oh, you know, his first year, you know, he would, he just didn't have the body type. But now, you know, he's slimmed down, he's faster. Right. And, like, you saw it the first couple of weeks, you know, that Miami, in Miami when mm-hmm. he just burnt Austin Jackson. And then, <laughs> and then afterwards, like, after week two on, like, right, you barely heard his name. So it's kind, it's kind of like we're a little bit, you know, I don't know, like, dull or, like, dumbed down to the... I gotcha, yeah. To the, oh, you know, Boogie really transformed his body whatever. It's kind of like, okay, he... Yeah. Like, that's great. Well, that's like, you know, Jerry's technically... Number. Yeah. That's weird, dude. I'm sorry. I don't like that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I don't, like, I don't like that. It looks weird. No, 55 has been Jerry Hughes and then Hughes Jr. for a little bit for so long. It's just so And then 47 for jarring. a cornerback number is two is weird. Benford? Oh, oh, but like number nine for a linebacker and like I never saw those that numbers stuff ain't weird. weird. Number nine is Isaiah McKenzie. McKenzie's number six. McKenzie's is he actually? Yeah, he was 19, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I flipped yep, him. Yep, I flipped that. him. Also not a fan of 19 for a punter. I know that that was a little jarring, but we know from if you if you're a long time listener, episode one, Mike had a lot to say about single number jerseys and you know how people play in certain positions and should wear certain numbers. Like you so, Tom Brady on yeah. that take, but right? No, I think <laughs> yeah, Tom Brady. Overall, I, about I that. think there's a lot of positives for a lot of players to take away, and it's all about now next week. Can they continue? You know, can they have? a good week of practice this week and then continue to build on for the next game. You know, I, right. think we're, I think we're going to see Elam and Benford again, you know, kind of just getting a lot of reps. Like, yeah. Dane Jackson he, said, it's yeah. interesting for who, people who sat. It seems like their spots have been pretty much secure, so I don't know if they feel like Dane Jackson's going to be a, at least a starter. He'll, right. They play. probably think, like, he'll start until Trey gets back yeah. and then he'll have to battle with Elam there. And I will say, I did get a little concerned when I saw Elam have to go... Uh, off the field and get evaluated. Well, because there. because I know it was a pick play. Yeah, that should have been the touchdown should have been over overturned. Should have been a, he got picked off. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's always a little bit like concerning to see mm-hmm. who you expect to be a starter go down and then have to get evaluated. Right. I mean, he'll be fine. No, first week of the preseason. He he was. But, I mean, the stops he made. He was it was pretty pretty good. He had, pretty he had good. some moments where he got but, caught looking in the backfield, got right. holding penalty, but then you see catches. him. When he missed the tackles and stuff, sitting on the ground with his head down, and like other guys got him up, so like you know he's kicking himself for it. You know what yeah, I mean? He'll like, be better. Rookie. yeah, he'll be better. Yeah, Benford, exactly. Benford, like, they had some legit reps against some like legit dudes. Like those were the ones the Colts. Like that fourth down where everyone's talking about Tim Settle like whooping Quinn Nelson back basically <laughs> into Matt Ryan. Yeah, like th- that rep was fourth and four, and that ball was thrown and. Michael Pittman was one yard off the line of scrimmage against Christian Benford. Like he gave up no room, and yeah, and that's yeah. their number one receiver. Yeah, now so, I think I would say I would say Pittman's more of a, like a two wide receiver, but like, Colts, he's but, that, one. but that's still like that, I mean he's a legit that's a thousand yard receiver I think so that's yeah a, that's a legit dude that's not like some no it's not that's just, not some practice squad that like all right whatever but like, a lot of Colts fans have been saying we told Jonathan Taylor's in the game and I'm like wait okay. till our number one defense yeah <laughs> wait till our first stringers are in the game your your so called starting quarterback Matt Ryan. Got eaten alive by our second string defense. So yeah, it was definitely it was definitely a, a good game. You know, I guess I, I'm happy they won. I think it's uh, the putting competition, as you know, Mike said. I think it's telling that Ariza got the hold. You know, was holding the ball at the end. Yeah, and like the punt is just the punt. Yeah, yeah. The no one I've seen it all over TikTok, Instagram, everywhere. And no one can believe that they just that that was yeah, witnessed. Yeah. Like gonna get a lot of popularity. But yeah, I think that was for some reason too, which was kind of funny. He has like. He has like odds to be offensive rookie of the year. <laughs> They'd be offensive. Yeah, he's like plus like um, two, two million. I don't know what it is. Two hundred thousand. Want to place a bet? But 
Uh, we're not of gambling age. <laughs> but that was that was that was fun. But again, after of course now after the preseason game, they had to do cuts. The first cuts, they got to get their roster. I believe they were at ninety three, and then they had to cut down to eighty five. Currently, what I think is interesting, and we're going to talk about a guy that was cut, but they cut down to eighty four. So they actually have a spot available to you know pick someone up. Or, you know, people have speculated that is Tredavious White going to come off? I don't know if it's... I don't think it's Trey White. I think, I think they have a spot open in case someone gets cut that they want to Right, that they in. might. And, the I mean, one thing I want to say about cutting people, the Giants have been taking the scraps. Brian Dable. So, yeah, I mean, they, that's going to be the Bills 2.0. Yeah, yeah, that's what he's trying to do. Red, the, white, you know, and blue. It's going like like to be like the Detroit Lions. You know, the Carolina Patriots. Bills connection is going to be the Bills-Giants now. No, the Giants, I, I can't even get behind it. Daniel Jones... The picture of... Feliciano just dead on the ground. Like it's just that's the epitome <laughs> of their bum. of their entire organization and season. Yeah, he, fraudulent. Yeah, so uh, talking about you know, obviously we're gonna see if they add another person or trade comes off. It could be interesting. But the person that did get cut of note is a certain tight end from a certain university. So we'll we'll turn over to Mike to see who got who did got. Did he even cut. play? No. Wire, yeah. Oh, he, he did. did play? Yes, he, he did. Like six or six snaps. Yeah. Right, so I didn't even. Uh, you miss much. Yeah. Fortunate, you know, I, I was uh, making a case that the Bills should draft him, and then when we got him undrafted, it was pretty hype. He could come back in the practice squad. Uh huh. I'm not ruling that out. Apparently, apparently, the guy that played at Texas A&M just disappeared. Apparently, I got honestly, he, I he guess didn't make so. a, a single play in training camp. It's really remarkable. Like, I, I mean, I don't want to bash the guy too hard because I feel like there might be like something, you know, else that uh, uh, another so, underlying uh, thing, maybe. An underlying thing. But I mean, it's just a really unfortunate. He's obviously you know a pretty talented player, and for him to just fall from the graces like this, this you know, it's sad to see. But we'll still make fun of you for him, Michael, because yeah, I'm stay. Hey, I'm staying by it. I'll never back out of that. No, I would bring him back on the practice squad. Give him a few years. Well, here's my question, and I, 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 I know it's really early. You look at a lot of people are saying Keenum will be the the one who's sent down to the practice squad out of Barkley, Bitcoin no. Barkley. No. I personally, I don't agree with that. It's just... He wouldn't make it. First of all, it's been okay, one game. If he was to go on the practice squad, he'd probably be claimed. Exactly. And yes, it was one game, and like the turnovers were bad, Well, but we don't expect no. him to we were, ever play. Our twos were playing against their ones at that point. Yeah. And the Bills offensive line was getting destroyed. By yes, the yeah. exactly. And then Barkley comes in and looks phenomenal because he's playing against... He did. Keenum. He he did have an overthrow. And I think who is he targeting? No, that was a bad throw. He to overthrew. Hodges. Yeah. He, no. That, he, someone. Is, yeah, I know. Someone. He overthrew someone early. His first pick, I think. Oh, Jameson Carter. Oh, yes. That was another interesting. He thing overthrew he him. Play. That was a pick. Then the other one. Yeah. I think he had was like right after we got an interception, he gave it right back. No. Uh, yeah. That, that, was, was, that was. Yeah. It was one like, for one. Like Hodgins did like a back shoulder route. Yeah. Do it like. It was just a it bad was just, throw. Yeah. It was, he wasn't even really open. It was, ba- it was bad. That was and a bad throw. And then Humero had the fumble. Humero had the fumble. So. And he also got strip sack Keenum, so he had like three turnovers. Yeah. It was a brutal game for him, but I don't, right. think, I don't think there's anything to be concerned, at least not yet. So. No. I, I don't. Uh, Barkley is definitely going to be their third stringer. Yeah. It's not, it's also, not I would Keenum. I would still say that Crowder is going to make the roster. I would, too. I mean. It is telling, though, that he did have to play in the preseason game, though. I think that might be just for a reps thing, though. Like but, he needed to get some reps in. Yeah, I mean, I guess because you're right. I mean, he's 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 but one just, of those Peloton but, instructors but, but, but more McK- than anything but, right but now. Mackenzie <laughs> Mackenzie not playing, having this being able to sit out. I think that shows that he pretty much has the slot job locked up. 100. How could he not? Look at how he did all 
of I, training I, I agree, camp. I agree. Yeah. And then Shakir coming in. Yeah. Shakir, he was, makes he, Shakir played very well. Yeah. He, had, he averaged about 18 and a half yards per Five for 92. Catch. Yeah. For 92 yards. Yeah. So that's not good bad math, at all. Man. What'd you say? That's a good math. Thanks, pal. Did all in his head. <laughs> okay. So we're going to transition um, you know, from preseason talk. Obviously, you know, they're coming up uh, 8.20. They play 1 o'clock against the Broncos. Maybe, I think, you know, one more side point about the whole Elam and Bedford thing. It might be interesting if Russell Wilson plays. And, yeah. You know, those the ones with Jerry, Judy, and Cortland Sun who are also legit. Do you think Josh will play? No. I don't. Uh, honestly, if he plays, people want him to play. And it's it's to the point where I'd rather he touches the field in the final preseason game for a total of three snaps. And then that's I it. The you know fact, what I mean? Like, I, that's honestly, all he needs. if he's going to play in any game, he's going to play in this game. There's no way they're going to play him in a road game. That's my No, opinion. no way. Mm-hmm. So either plays in this game or he doesn't play at all. Yeah, I, right. I, I forgot that the last one. I mean, maybe game. with Dorsey as a new OC, maybe they want to do it like as an actual game scenario. But yeah. Nah, I would. I wouldn't play. I wouldn't. I don't know. All you need is some freak injury to happen. Like look at Zach Wilson. Like he's just running and tweaks his knee. Yeah. And now he's well, going to start. That's also. A but deep, guys, don't worry. Joe Flacco's still starting. Card. Well, well, that's, all, that's also. Yeah. That's, that's also what, according to what's his name. Robert Sala. Robert yeah. Sala. That's also not. Mm-hmm. That wasn't very intelligent play by Zach Wilson trying to juke a linebacker. No, he thinks you know he, he bagged a mom and then he, he's all over the place now. <laughs> no, so, but. So, side, side note in the preseason, uh, a hot Bills topic that has been said has been, you know, obviously the, one, uh, the top 100 players, you know, drops. You know, it's usually pretty cool. I think this year has been a little underwhelming. Bad? Just because Mike Daniels has, like, talked about every single player. Yeah, no, I, I noticed that. I think like, it's every, really annoying. I, I only watched the first episode, but it's like Mike Daniels has something to say about everybody. It's he like, doesn't even play anymore. No. What? He's, yeah. he's a free agent. Yeah. It's, it's, like, like, it's like, what, what did he just give him a script or something? Yeah, he's pretty much. Yeah. Thing? I don't yeah. Know. He's got a live teleprompter no, behind I, him. I, I haven't been too much of a fan so of the this. Th- the thing of note is there's only been one bill, which was Von Miller at 93. So this probably maybe, means maybe Hyde and Poyer aren't even on the list. No, that's what I was just about I, to say. I think I think Poyer is on the list because I think there was a clip released like a couple weeks ago of Josh Allen talking about him being someone being the center field of the defense or something like that. I, okay. I think one of them is on the list. Like, I mean, yeah. top 50. But then I mean, we're getting to the point now where it's like might, iffy, though. Might be, a, might be a second bill. Uh, 90 was Odell Beckham Jr., Oh yeah, um, which again I think that is complete. That that just shows you a little bit how fraudulent the list hey, Mac is. Mac Jones was eighty five. No, but, but here's but, here's but, the thing: it's not like statistical. It's no. it's player this, vote. This is why you like, that's what a, it is. You take everything with a grain of salt. One OBJ should not have been ninety because no. he uh, that playoff run he made. He made a nice playoff run. Yeah, but like there was a stat where like in eight games he caught twenty seven passes. It's like all right, that's like what just over three catches. Like that's yeah, that's not ninety. Yeah, no. well that was when his daddy. You know, made the made the no, tape. that was with the Rams. It was with the Rams. Yeah, yeah. Well, then he averaged, what was he averaging before that? Probably one one catch per uh, eight games couple, or something. Probably yeah. around three. <laughs> I, it just I, it, it, that's where popularity happens. Von Miller at ninety three should be higher, but whatever. And then Mac Mac making list, and I'm gonna say this. I'm probably gonna get some hate from the Bills fans, but it just like I don't know how much as Bills fans we can really complain because Josh Allen after his second year is ranked eighty seventh, and like. He wasn't the eighty seventh best player. No, in, yeah. after twenty nineteen. Yeah. He like just had was, the physicality and like yeah, big plays like moments. hurtling defenders and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's what made that. And Mac Jones honestly getting the team to the playoffs. I, I, I agree with you. I think, yeah. yeah. Well it just Again, player votes. It's well, not it's like the Pro Bowl almost. It's also important to realize that the lists are players top twenty players list. It's not like they 
do a hundred players; they do twenty. No, yeah. So it's probably so it's an average. It's probably his teammates all he, putting him there. Yeah. him in their top twenties, and then the entirety of the New England Patriots. Yeah, yeah, and that's mm-hmm. what fifty-three dudes. Like, yeah, that's a. I mean, it's unfortunate, but it's really just it's, it's just I'm, something for for fun. We shouldn't take it. No, you shouldn't. Oh, take it, like, honestly, right. the list for me just is for more fun. seeing who p- people think are like the top 10, 20 guys because I think that's like more of a consensus kind of because mm-hmm. that's what right. that, I mean. You have the top twenty list. That's more of a consensus. Like, no, yeah, you what got really people think of you yeah. outside of your organization. Um, so I, again, that's kind of like a small topic. Do you think? I think we talked about this. I mean, do you see Allen still making top five? No. Top ten. He, I think he should be top ten. But from every list, of, okay, I don't know if it's just me. From every list that's been like leaked, I haven't seen Josh Allen in their top twenties. Okay, why on one of the lists is like Trayvon Diggs like top ten? Because he had picks. Because remember the NFC is relatable to the USFL, so I mean that's Trayvon just, yeah. Diggs is not a top ten player. No, yeah, I know. It's not even like you, you could argue not, not Mac, even top five corner. Do you think Mac Jones is a top twenty player? Top twenty quarterback, top twenty top, player. Oh God, no! Yeah, well, that's how much like, people. That's I'm telling you. That is a top no, I know. Yeah. I know what you're that's saying. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know no. what you're saying. Because yeah. yeah. like they, they show the previews and like they show lists and then you'll see some of the names mm-hmm. and it's like I think one of them had like Trayvon Diggs over Aaron Donald. No, oh, I yeah, see that. How is that possible? Yeah, that's that's that is Aaron Donald. It's like, like putting Dak Prescott up on your list. Yeah. If I had to say, well, when you're on your team, like Don was saying, you're gonna vote. You know what I mean? Like, oh, my quarterback. But Aaron Donald is like. The most dominant talent. player in the game. Like, uh, at know. least have him as the best non-quarterback. I don't know. It just it's an interesting list per se. At the end. it's gonna be an interesting list at the end because yeah, Allen was ten last year. Maybe he maybe he bumped up. up. I think that playoff game might bump him a little bit. That yeah, showing when, yeah. when he, he and honestly Tampa Bay on last season yeah. taking the game into his hands and basically you know what I mean like mm-hmm. he's definitely I think he's up a little more top ten. I don't think top five though. Probably like seven. Mm-hmm. If I had to put a spot, like a bet spot, I would say seven. Right. Six and a half. He's still, isn't he still leader um, in all rushing touchdowns too for quarterbacks? Since he's coming to the league, I think, yeah. Yeah, more than Lamar Jackson, more than. 31. He had 10 more than Newton. Yeah, 10 more than Newton, and Jackson and Newton are tied at 21. So, okay, final final topic for the Bills. You know, we, again, we kind of been ranking certain Bills via the position in the division, and we have now stuck on cornerback. Starters, starter number one corners yes. on your team, and obviously the number one corner for the Bills is Trey White. I know Terry's ACL, but <laughs> he will he will be the number one corner for the Bills. Um, so I think this is an interesting. It's, it would it be interesting if we did this a year ago because JC Jackson was in the division, right? Yeah, it'd be now, a little. But now with the Patriots moving on from him and kind of just having like Jalen Mills or like number one by committee, I think they're easily last. Yeah, I would um, agree with that. Patriots on bottom. Well, if you if you say. Uh... You're saying Sauce Gardner's for the Jets? Yeah. You could argue three. that just because he's never played. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know what nah, he's, he's like three. Again. He's three. I think he's good, though. Patriots, Jets, Dolphins, Bills. So you're going to put Trey over Zayn Howard? I would. I would. You wouldn't? I don't think I would. Why? I think it's close. I don't know. I think they're both, like, that top five. Like they're To me, they're tier two cornerbacks. Like, I don't think they're yeah. tier one. Yeah. Um... So I think it's close, but Howard also was able to stay healthy all last year, and he also had a very good year the previous. I think he had a better year the previous year than White did too. Right. Trey did. I'll give Trey the credit of in twenty nineteen he was better because he was a first team All Pro. Yeah. But I think Howard was better in twenty, and even though Trey was good too, and then I think last year Trey was kind of had a little bit of a down year, and he also got hurt. 
So I don't know if you could. Yeah, one. no, that's kind of why I was like, I mean, it's I would I would still put him at one, just because. No, I, I, talking about talking it through, I'm putting Detroit too. I, I can't be biased. I, I got, mean, I got to be better. I think okay. this. I can't, listen, I, listen, okay. listen, I can't be those Patriots players putting Mac Jones and their top twenty players. Like I gotta. <laughs> oh I, my gosh! I got a reputation to uphold. No, I I just think. Um, I would still put him at one. I, and I this is a preemptive thing. I think this season when he's healthy, you're gonna it's gonna be like sure. 2019 first team All Pro. All right, that's what comeback player of the year. Come, oh mm-hmm. yeah. That, that okay, can I just say I think it's ridiculous when I've seen things saying Travis Etienne is gonna be the comeback player of the year. What? Because he's never played. He missed his entire rookie year. How could you be comeback player of the year if you've he never played? Because technically, he was on a team. That, yeah. That's play. absolutely that's a that's yeah, so it's stupid. Also, it's also for dudes that were. Like, that's like know. saying I if like I. It's, it's for dudes that had really good, missed the season basically by injury, and then like, came back. Did Joe Burrow win comeback player of the year? No. Yeah. No. I would be. On, I'm not even supporting that. He played. That'd 10 be games. like me stop swimming in high yeah, school and then games. coming back in my senior nah, year of college saying I'm a comeback player. If you play ten games and you had play ten good games, that's good enough. I don't know. I I don't know. I agree if he's on the ETN though. Him not playing and then him coming back is kind of weird. I don't know. It's like, just weird for a rookie com- to get hurt and then come back and then the comeback play of the year. I guess it's comeback in that he missed season and he's came back. I guess it's not like you. F- you never touched the it, field. It's not. But it's not like the requirement of like you had to be good. Then I mean. From my vantage point, okay, I think it should be. This is why some voting is. This is this, why, uh, from my voters, vantage point, it should be. You were established, and you got hurt, and you came back from that, and you reestablished. You yes. become even greater. That's what comeback Adrian player of the Peterson. year means. Okay. He did. He did. Not wrong. Yeah. He You're destroyed not, his yeah. knee. Yeah. Came yeah. back to run two thousand yards. And when I'm feet now, terrible yes. person, but like. Yes. That's the example. Wasn't right. he a wife beater or something? Child. Child. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna skip around that. And on that note, we're gonna end the bill section of the podcast. We'll be right back with the Sabers right after this. Are you excited for football season? Well, we sure are, because with football season comes season two of the Buffalonian podcast. Staying on our normal day with two episodes a week, we will have the Buffalonian podcast every Tuesday or Wednesday, and then every Thursday, depending on if there's a Thursday night game or Friday. We will have the Betting on the Bills podcast, which is completely Bills-centric, um, all Buffalo Bills, and we'll be talking a little bit broad NFL. Uh, we'll be picking games and you know giving our opinions on who's winning, and uh, it'll, be, it'll be interesting, and we'll be also coming at you with some video, too, on our YouTube channel, which will be linked in our bio on our social medias very soon so we're very much looking forward to it it's uh very exciting but yeah season two will be coming at you this september so without further ado enjoy the rest of the show we are back with the buffalo and podcast and we are as always transitioning from our bills talk to our sabers talk of the week i actually as you know joe said in the intro some actual news legit news to talk about Always exciting to see that. There was a signing. Uh, Riley Sheehan, a familiar face, returns to the organization after having a year-long hiatus with Seattle. Yeah, I just say, does this alter anybody's fourth-line projection? No. No? You know what this is? I was thinking about this, you know, when they signed him. One, he has, he has actually a very good defensive centerman. That's actually, he's actually was pretty... He, actually yeah. had, he was very good in Buffalo, and he was actually pretty solid again you know, last year in sale. So this is actually a pretty interesting signing. Um, it's interesting that it's a two-way deal, so there must not have been a lot of interest from other teams. 
obviously two way doesn't if they waived him, I think you could still get claimed. Two way is just you get a different salary if you're in the AHL than you are mm-hmm. in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think what's interesting about that is I feel like maybe they have him kind of take the Mark Jankowski role of being like the first line center in Rochester. Yeah. And then being like the call up, you know, if they need a centerman because if they want to, you know, try out Krebs and Milstad and have Cousins and Thompson, but then all of a sudden one of, you know, Krebs and Milstad, you know, isn't doing it. And mm-hmm. the struggling center, they have, you know, a legit guy in Sheehan that can play, you know, NHL minutes yeah, as right. a centerman. And maybe they don't. Then they don't have to move over like Aspen or or, or Yeah. So I think that's more the move. It's more obviously it's more depth signing. But I think it's interesting because you know he can also win a spot. Like this is a dude that's good enough to, you know, if he plays former first round pick. Is he really? Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know, I didn't know that. Former first round pick. Very interesting. By who? Yeah. What team? He got hey, traded. Didn't Pittsburgh. He? Yeah, he got traded to. Either got, Pittsburgh was, or Detroit. Yeah, it was one of those teams. He got traded. Pittsburgh or Florida, one of those. He was in like a trade. I he's bounced that. around. He's maybe bounced Edmonton. Around. He's played in Edmonton. I think. I probably actually not think about. It, I think it was Edmonton. I don't know. But um, yeah. Obviously, he's bounced around. But he's a guy that I think can win a spot. You know, veteran, fourth line center. Pass. I mean, he could older play. guys, thirty already. Who be turning thirty one? Yeah, obviously. Right. He likes you know what we're building here, and he wanted to come back. I think that tells a lot about the organization. So you know, it's another guy that could possibly potentially be a fourth line center slash one. First line center at Rochester. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And um, you know, it's it's nice to have someone who actually wants to be here. The Sabers are still on a lot of people's no trade lists. You know what I mean? So absolutely, that's in a, a few years it won't be. No, no, you got to give it a few years, but it's Jump nice to finally like just like the Bills. Like, like, who would have thought a few years ago, Von Miller would want to come to Buffalo and open? Apparently, he wanted and to be recruit drafted Odell here, Beckham. Oh yeah, yeah, and Odell Beckham like, being interested and in showing yeah. his face here. No, he did want to be drafted here. That was an interesting point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was originally thinking the Bills were going to draft him, and he was like excited for it, but that yeah. never happened. Well, so he got drafted second on the third overall. We stuck to the guy named Marcel Darius. Yeah, one, one year yep. wonder. Yep. Big, one, uh, one big year wonder. Then cashed in. Good for him. Yeah. No, but uh, you're talking back back on the Sorry. No, back on the, sport. For on the sport. Back on the Sabres stuff, though. It is nice to you know see someone come back, some and another you know solid signing, a guy that's not gonna light the world on fire, not gonna really probably block any of your young guys, but a guy that's gonna be there in case one of them fails. Yeah. I think, right. You know, a safety a safety net for your season. It's almost say. like Craig Anderson being signed as a backup goalie. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. It's it's also nice because, you know, I think he could really help Rochester. You know, you're going to have a lot of young guys down there. Rosine, I think Coolidge is going to maybe possibly down there. Kisikoff, he got his visa. Wait, so you said he's got a one-way thing where he's, he's getting got, paid so, the so, same amount so, in Rochester as he would in Buffalo? No, like, so that's a one-way contract. He's got a two-way. A two-way contract is like, so it was a one-year two-way deal of 950000 I think that's the minimum. I mean, 900 might be the minimum, but whatever. So if he was playing in Buffalo, if he earns a spot and he's on Buffalo, he'll be making salary based off nine hundred fifty thousand dollars. But if he's like doesn't make out of camp and you go plays in Rochester, he probably make like four hundred seventy five, like half. Oh, that. okay. Like that's the thing, and that's another thing that was being talked about about Lukanen mm-hmm. is that he's an RFA, and all the RFA cases has really been signed. But people are think are speculating. Uh, it's not. You know, it's speculation, but that that the Sabers would like him to take a two-way contract instead of a one-way contract, mm. because you know it's just maybe they want they want him if he goes to Rochester, they don't want him to make as much money. It's kind yeah. of a cheap thing, but right. I think I think that again, that's a kind of an interesting point that's been made out. So I, it's I, interesting that they're doing that because they do have so much cap space. You yeah, know what I mean? They're it like is interesting. cutting but, his pay in half if he doesn't play for him. Yeah, but I, 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 again, that's why I think 
you know, it might be a little bit of a silly thing to be arguing over, but at the same time, like he might be in Rochester all year long. Right? Yeah, you never know. I, mean, I don't know. So again, uh, interesting signing. Glad that we had, you know, some some news. To yeah, talk I saw about. it pop up on my feed. I was like, "That's podcast news. Let's go." <laughs> uh, other other podcast news. So as I talked about about Kisikov, Alexander Kisikov, the Russian uh, Ford, his visa situation did get. Um, okay, so he's actually now in the country. and Yeah, he'll be here for training camp. He'll be in here for training camp. I, I, he's not going to win a spot, I don't think. No, he'll yet. be probably top six forward in Rochester. Top six forward in Rochester. And again, if you're going to have Isaac Rosine, who's having a really good world juniors for Sweden, you know, kind of, he'll, he'll get some legit playing time. Hopefully, if he comes over, you know, I think he really should. Cause he needs, probably will. He needs playing time. The last two years, he hasn't been getting enough playing time. Come to Rochester, they'll give you the playing time. He might not have great success at Rochester. Um, no rush, man. But... Let's get right. let's find your game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's get you in here. Let's find the game. Let's get some playing time. That would be important. So Kisikov, Rosine, Kulich, you know, he was pretty solid for Czechia. Obviously, he got eliminated, but he was solid as well. You know, another guy that could, you know, play in Rochester. And then you know, yeah, he said he wanted to play day one in the NHL. Felt yeah, like well, he could do it. Listen, listen, he can compete for a spot and he could play in Rochester. That's another guy. You know, and if you have Sheehan down there, you know, Sean Malone's solid. Brett Murray's pretty solid. Like, uh, you know, it's a pretty solid forward group at that point. Yeah, yeah. and that they Vosto and Rochester added. You know, legit guys that could potentially play in the NHL have rebuilt the Ford defense core. Excuse me, in Rochester, also potentially Larry Pilot returning. Yeah, uh, you know Rochester and you know UPL is down there. You know Rochester should be pretty decent. Yeah, I no, mean, I, I highly suggest might be able game. to to overtake the the three triple OT. I know. You know I, I, mean? I highly suggest if you know any Buffalonian in the area, I highly suggest taking the you know the drive out there to Rochester. It's a pretty, you know, it's a smaller arena, but it's a pretty cool. Right. You know, to see the prospects. You know, yeah, and even just, as Mike says, get those tar- Torontonians down here too. You know, like make yeah. it all inclusive. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so it's that's pretty cool. It's another you know bit of news that I think we've all been waiting for this to be official. We talked about it a little bit last pop, but Ryan Johnson um, officially returned to the University of Minnesota. Minnesota. I don't think, um, I don't think that's too surprising. Honestly, I don't think it's too surprising. It's in Mar. It's in March. Well, were we talking August. about how that was like probably what was going to happen or like? I think I asked you, what are the odds he signs in, here? In my opinion, this, this pie means... I said 50-50 because that's what a lot of media people say. I think that's got to decrease. And I don't know. It just it just comes down to, I feel like... We lost the coin toss. I feel like, yeah. <laughs> well, if, if he doesn't sign at the end of the year, we have... It's not July 1st to leave. It'll be like... Middle August. Yeah. So, kind of like when we got Jimmy VC. So the fact is, with him, is that if he leaves... The Sabres will get, the, I believe, the 65th overall pick in the 24 draft. And at this point, I don't think there's any reason to trade him because there's no way you're going to get that value if you trade him. No. And it's unfortunate. I feel like if he's not going to sign Buffalo, he's probably going to go to the Kings. I think his dad works for the Kings. Also, the Kings. <laughs> Following Cal Peterson's footsteps? Yeah, the Kings also don't have a lot of left shot D man. I think he'd be like the second best. So, I, again, opportunity as well. Right. I think it's interesting what's going to happen to Portillo because I think Portillo is another guy that I think is gone. I think he'll be an interesting case because if he doesn't have a specific spot to go, I think the Sabres can trade him to some place. Because I think, one, there'd be teams interested in because he's a top 10 goalie prospect. And, like, if Kevin Adams, like, hey, says, hey, like, obviously this isn't going to work out because we have Levi, like, can you give me a couple teams that you'd be willing to sign for? And if he gives you three or four teams, really all Kevin Adams has to do is you know go to those teams and probably need a goalie prospect and calls them and go, hey, I got Pertillo here. Um, you know he want he'd be willing to sign a few if we trade him to you, but we have uh, three or four other teams interested, so I do need an offer. Yeah, right. That's a way to like at least recruit 
you know, recoup some some draft capital out of moving mm-hmm. him. Right. Yeah. Johnson is just, you know, just take the second round pick. Portillo, I mean, even if it's a sixth or fifth round pick, like I feel like there's a way to kind of if he doesn't have a specific spot he's going if he's set on, if he has mm-hmm. A, a couple teams are like, hey, they, like five teams don't have good goalie prospects. This is what I want to go with. Then you yeah. make a call to all five of those teams, even if two or three of them interested. Then you just, I'm your highest bidder at that point. Mm-hmm. But no, so I mean, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate to lose prospects after you, de- you know, you take so much time in developing them. For right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because then it's like, what did what did you even wait? You waste that like time's it, wasted, and you're not getting it back. You know, we'll never know what happened. I feel like it's a little bit on Adams. And, you know, Adams is an incredibly patient general manager, but to me, I mean. He might he might be either taking a huge gamble here, or, I mean, or he knows something. I just feel like he kind of misplayed this a little bit. If Johnson's really gonna leave, then you couldn't have, you know, moved him earlier, like a couple years ago when he probably yeah. had hype, still had, probably up there with the second round draft. I don't know. I just wasting those years of waiting for him is kind of kind of annoying. I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. But that's okay. So that that was, <laughs> that was kind of our news. Yeah. Well, a little bit of news. I do want to touch on two things really quickly. One, the embedded that popped up. Yeah. Uh, there's a draft embedded. I'll let Mike go in more deeply, but very good. Highly recommend if you're a Sabres fan or just a Buffaloian fan trying to get into the Sabres. Right. Really interesting. Yeah. So, you know, if you don't know what it is, they do it with the Sabres. They also do it with the Bills. Embedded um, is basically a look behind the scenes of the first round of the past draft up in Montreal. And I thought it was kind of interesting because you see, like, they showed a clip of Matt Savoy in the pre-draft process, like interviewing with the Sabres and like they're asking him questions and, you know, you got to see what he said. And then mm-hmm. you got to see his pre-draft interview, like what he thought of the Sabres what going did into he draft. Did you, did you catch that? Like what, what was his No, he was saying thought? really good things. Like he was saying mm-hmm. like how he thinks the team is on the up and like, it'd be really cool to be a piece here. And, um, you know, we, we saw the pick, we saw kind of like afterwards him getting his jersey, walking around. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we saw a little clip when we drafted Oslin. Savoy went up to him and was like, yo, I'm really looking forward to being teammates with you. Let's get, get to work. Uh, I think I think <laughs> the, the best part probably was you see, obviously we draft Yuri Coolidge 28th. Mm-hmm. They showed Kevin Adams trying to aggressively trade up to even 17 to try and get Coolidge. <laughs> and that... That's they trade. They have those two prospects. Yeah, yeah, they talk with six other teams just to try and trade up. Like they show a clip, he's on the phone with Terry Pagula. Like you know, I think we're really going to try and aggressively trade up for this prospect. This is a guy we really want, and he falls twenty eight. <laughs> so we didn't have to trade up at all, and we still get the player we wanted. Look at that. And I mean, well, I think it probably makes you know Coolidge. Like, was he expecting to go that high? Like up up higher? First, probably not. I, I feel like he was, him and Austin were kind of both like 20, like really early, maybe late teens kind of guys. Yeah. But they, those guys are both like legit press. Like they, those are good picks. Both were, I no. think. Like we said in the draft recap, they, they had a great draft. I also think it was interesting, you know, when you look back at, you know, that embedded too, how much emphasis he also put on 41 being an important pick. Yeah. Yeah. When um, he was getting interviewed about which, that. I mean, it, whatever. I don't love that pick with. Letting the goalie, but I think that was kind of a bad pick. But um, yeah, what are you that, time do was, now? that seems just kind of like a need pick. Like they need, they felt they needed, they needed a, goalie. a goalie in the organization to start developing again because they're going to lose Patillo. They're going to Levi's, you know, a couple years, maybe two years away from NHL. Yeah, and but, Anderson's not a viable starter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that was kind of 
you know, that was interesting per se. I, I thought it was interesting that he was having conversations with Terry Pagula. I, I remember, um, I think, I don't remember if it was the awesome pick or the Coolidge pick, but when they walked up on stage and Gary Bettman shook his hand, he's like, Gary Bettman said, this might be the steal pick of the no, draft. No, no, no. You know what he said? He said, the media is telling me that you guys are stealing the first round. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. But so, that, was, that was a cool moment. Yeah, that's, that's cool. awesome. I'm not a big Gary Bettman fan, but. I've seen the couple embeddeds for the, the Bills. Yeah, they're good, too. They're, they're good. Mm-hmm. I always like the Sabres uh, beyond blue and gold. Yeah. Those were good. My only complaint about the embed for the Sabres is that it was only 11 minutes long. I feel like they could have with three first-round picks. Even, you know, talking off-air, I'm going to steal what you said, but, you know, having it be a whole draft thing, because, I mean, they did have, you know, they put a lot of emphasis on 41. They had, they made, you know, they made six a couple, more rounds. Yeah, they made a couple nice picks. Right. Um, you know... I just think they could have made it a maybe a bigger thing, but man, who knows? Maybe another clip's gonna come out. So right, yeah, uh, very very. It's very cool to see you know behind the scenes of what your your organization is thinking. I yeah, think, I think it was cool too, the fact of how they Adam seems like a guy that will take what the scouts say, takes what the analytics guys say, and like make sure they're all on the same page of like yeah. Hey, is everything okay? Everyone okay with this? Like, he's not I think gonna, yeah. I think before one of the picks, he was going around making sure everybody agreed with the pick. Because well, like, I don't. Adam just seems not to be like one. He seems like one of those guys. It's not like all right. I'm just gonna make this pick. Like I'm, I'm the, I'm the GM. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm, yeah. That I'm that guy. <laughs> I'm that guy. Yeah, you're not that yeah. guy, pal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like some guys saying player A, some guys the other analysts saying player B. It's like honestly, I'm taking player C. Like, I don't, it's yeah. not one of those guys. I think it also there's like a disagreement between them. Like. He wants to understand like both sides of the perspective and then makes the best decision. He thinks. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, what you want is a general manager. He's the guy that's paid the big bucks to make the decisions. Right. It's his. No one. No one's gonna look back at this job and be like, "Wow, uh, you know, Sam Ventura, the analyst guy, really abolishes." No, be Kevin Adams. We it'll be a Buffalonian segment about Kevin Adams. So we'll do our own version of embedded just with Kevin Adams. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely give him a call. Yeah, give him a call. So that was that was cool to see. Hopefully, there's some more embedded coming up. Obviously, you know. The Sabres training camp's coming up, I believe, in close to a month, so that's pretty exciting. Right. Obviously, in about a month, uh, actually, dead on, dead on, pretty much, is the Prospects Challenge. So, you know, if you guys didn't know, starting back 2015, you know, there's, you know, games where other teams' prospects play each other. Not sometimes all the top prospects play each other, but this year, uh, you know, it's cool. It's in Harbor Center. It's expanded, too. It's expanded. There's uh, six teams. I believe so. There's yeah. Buffalo, Boston, Ottawa, Pittsburgh, New Jersey, and Montreal. Uh, it's from you know September 15th to September 19th. So nice little five day, I believe, ch- little adventure. And you know, there's a lot of top prospects that could uh, be at the uh, game. And obviously, you know, with the Sabers having arguably the number one prospect pool. Yeah. Obviously, the Canadians. Arguably. Dallas, Okay. It's been okay. it's been put out there. It's the, the number one. Yeah, I, and the Canadians building theirs up. The Devils have a pretty good one. The Devils sen- are fraudulent, the sender, though. The Senators should have a good one, but they make terrible selections. And then Pittsburgh really doesn't. Pittsburgh and Boston are both kind of teams that have yeah below average. But like you could you could who is the top? I mean, you, I guess team? if if you were to go watch this, you'd be like, who do I really want to look for? Like who who am I hoping to see in this? That's an effective player ten years from now. Mm-hmm. You would think. Pi Yurash Slavkovsky, you'd think Pi Simone Nemich, you'd probably think if Alex Holtz is still there, if Owen Power decides, you know, he still wants to be there. Um well if the Sabres make that decision, I yeah. should say. Uh I feel like Fabian Lysel would be one. First uh, pick for the Bruins. Jake Sanderson would probably be one. 
um ottawa's defenseman yeah so good. like there's there's some notable guys yeah um obviously the top two picks you know Slavsky for the canadians and then nemich for uh the devils might play so that's yeah. cool so i, I mean, mean pittsburgh has no one but <laughs> they're they're relying you know, on Pittsburgh's the, the old guard run it back no boston is the team that's gonna last dance yeah, Bergeron won your deal. Krejci won your deal. Pasternak won your deal. We're talking. We're talking. Uh, we're talking about the Bruins in a little bit. So, oh, that's mind. part of our segment coming down. Getting ahead of myself. A little ahead of yourself, but again, I think it's a great opportunity to see you know where the Sabers prospects. You know, again, see the Sabers prospects in action. Obviously, if you didn't see them during development camp, it's another great opportunity to see them. It's also cool to see them in game action against other prospects. Um, and you know, I think it should be a fun time. And if you have the time, I definitely would recommend. Uh, going up for a game. Obviously, they have some kind of fan fest, too, I believe. So I'll say this. If you do go to Harbor Center, just be careful not to get lost in the stairwell. Yeah, yeah. It is really important. First-hand experience. Apparently, yeah, apparently yeah. that's been a, a big issue. So <laughs> yeah. I, I was not there, so I don't know, but it it's been t- said many okay, times. Okay, no, we went up the right... No, no, no. I would this is this. the thing. We went up the right stairwell. It was just locked. So then we had to go up a different one. I would just say And this. then we cut through, like, their training part. This is this is my suggestion. Um just used elevator like no do you remember that though like when we went up dude we thought we were we cut through like the gym yes there's like people training in there yes it was like the middle of a session it we're was just walking through. oh my god it's no kind of funny <laughs> wasn't wasn't the most comfortable situation it's kind of funny and then we listen it's again it's been amazing to see how much the prospect pool changed for the sabers since then so again it would be cool it's cool to see them i'd highly recommend uh, you know, attending a game, uh, and especially you know the Sabers playing against you know some of these guys like the Canadians. Stavkowski is the number one overall pick. Maybe you could see Yuri Kulis, the twentieth overall pick. I'll play him. So that'd be yeah. kind of funny to see. Um, so, <laughs> and of course, you know, fan they have some kind of fan fest. You know, the Sabers always kind of do a decent, at least a somewhat decent job of you know doing something for the fans. That's I feel like kind of cool. all Buffalo does that yeah, pretty well. Bills, yeah, you know? they, they, it's, it's a pretty good. I mean, especially when you're a small market, you got to somehow treat your fans. Yeah, you got a point. Football's a bigger market around here than hockey, no question. Eh, mm, you I think? Don't know about okay, that. okay, Kent Pagula. Yeah. Do you think? I don't think so, dude. Buffalo is a hockey town. I think Buffalo is a hockey town. It's just it's just hidden because because the tortured. Bills are so good. Do you yeah. think? Sabres are do you bad. think? Bills Mafia is lesser dude, than dude, Sabres. Okay, I think I think the Bills Mafia is a more outside Buffalo, yeah, like common thing, nation like, nationwide thing. I think if we're talking, I don't know, dude. When we were younger, Bills games just get blacked out. Yeah, because the Bills suck. It's like okay, the Sabres games. This is the same thing with the Sabres. The fifty fifty only got up to two grand. Guy, in one my, of the games guy, you went guy, to, but this is the same thing with the Sabres. No, this, like this is Sabres definitely a hockey good. town. I think if the Sabres were good, I think you'd see Think it. about all the junior teams the here, the, the tournaments. Yeah. We had the Combine here. The TV World ratings. Juniors have been here. Mm-hmm. College has been here, Frozen Four. TV ratings for the Stanley Cup have always been good in Buffalo, even though Buffalo's not even sniffed at the Stanley Cup yeah. final in 15 years. That, plus, we have the Canadian market right there. Yeah. Right. I think. Like, it's, nah, I understand what you're saying, though. I think more of a worldwide phenomenon. Football is number one, just, just in general. Yeah. But, like, if Buffalo... I had to define it as one sport. I if they get hockey. out of the back cave and you know get to the playoffs, I think you'll see like you'll see right. the plaza, yeah, the, the French when they, plaza. yeah when they went on the yeah. Stanley Cup run or not even the Eastern Conference Final run when they were oh five oh six, even the Beyond Blue and Gold. Got to watch it. <laughs> they're playing. They're playing cards, and it's Biron, McKee, Briere, and Dumont talking about that playoff run. Excellent. Right. I recommend it. Very very good. Um. They're I'll like, watch it and I'll let you know what I think. They're like, the building's literally shaking, rocking. Is it on YouTube? Can I find it yeah. there? Yeah. 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 It's all on YouTube. Look it up. All right, Beyond, all right. I'll look on YouTube. Beyond Blue and Gold. 
That's that's your that's a your nice job. YouTube binge. That's your job for uh, absolutely electric for, video. I love that clip. No, it's abs- it, it's got some good stuff. Probably so, like twenty I, something I, I, minutes. I understand what you're saying though. It's definitely for right now. It's I would say it's a football town, but it's really good. when when both teams are good. I think you're gonna see that the Sabre hockey is really gonna come up. But mm-hmm. you know, talking about you know our segments and stuff. Last last off of your forward line, fourth line, the grinder line normally, but the it's, it's a little different this year with the Sabres because. You know, obviously with so many question marks, it's really just going to be four lines of just, you know, one top line and then four lines competing against each other. And obviously, after this segment, we're going to have all of our four lines completed, and then we'll move on to the defense. But, you know, this being the season one finale, we're going to take a little break, and then we'll move back into the defense pairings uh, for season starting season two off. Yeah, kick it off. T- goalie tandem and then after that, when we have our teams assembled, we're going to see which team we feel better fits with each other and... Should be a fun time. So, yeah. again, that's a little bit of a look in the future moment. Uh, but as we're talking about the fourth line. That's nice a little two-week hiatus, and yeah. then you get the defensive pairings. Yeah. Little, listen, we're going to put a lot of thought into the defensive pairings, Tom. we got to look we at are. all the stats. We're going to watch game footage. You know, Joe's going to Joe's gonna look at the blue and uh, beyond. Yeah, blue and gold. Blue and gold. Beyond blue and gold. That's okay, good try. I, I almost, listen. Good I, attempt. I, I, blue you, and beyond's a Smurf documentary. Come on. What? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, Mike. Start us off for your fourth line, big guy. All right. So my fourth line um, starts with a rookie, JJ Paterka. I got Gergensen's center. A center. Vinny Hinnestrosa at the other wing. Keisha Middlestat, thirteenth forward. Yeah. Wow. Oh. I, I, a little, I'm sorry. The silence was legit there. It's a no. No. Yeah. yeah Dom, I, I just kind of. Dom and I kind of looked at each I other for a second. In. I, I mean, I, in. I honestly, I I respect it. I I'm, do I'm too. Honest. I'll be honest. I respect Anders it. Bjork, fifteenth forward. I have Riley Sheehan, fifteenth forward. Riley Sheehan, fifteenth. No, no. Riley <laughs> Sheehan, fourteenth forward. Anders Bjork, fifteenth forward. Oh my gosh. I really respect it. I'm going to be honest, because I think Middlestat... I've I said this throughout the offseason. Did I have middle... I think I had Middlestat on the third line last yeah, week. Yeah, I had him, too, as a third line. I have, Okay, I don't count third... I'm not really but it's do or die. That's where they... Yes, they yes, did, because yes. we were talking about but do or die. I think that's where my vibe would be, that they wouldn't scratch him right away, because it is kind of like they got to figure out, or they can move him or do something. But I, I honestly respect it, because I think Middlestat's a below-average player right now. Yeah. And I've been saying for for months that they should look to move Middlestat because, you know, they don't have a lot of roster spots and he seems like the, you know, like the candidate to be moved. But right, I, I feel like they're going to make him find a way in the lineup in the first place and see if he fails or not. But, I mean, I respect Do or it. die. I respect, it's do or die. I got to respect the already putting him. I guess that's why they signed him to, you know, put Middlestat on the shelf. Hey, points per 60. Vinny Hinnestrosa comparable to John Tavares. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Yeah, shake your head over there. I I I I, res- <laughs> I respect you putting Middlestat there. My fourth line is Gergensen's Krebs, uh, Quinn. Obviously, Krebs and Quinn played very well together in Rochester. Gergensen's is kind of just that you know that defensive forward to kind of make up for whatever you know Krebs and Quinn are deficiencies in that zone. So I think more that mine's more like balanced based on that aspect. But what's yeah. yours, Joe? 
I had Gergensen's, Sheehan, and Paterka. What a guy. You put Sheehan in. Yeah, wow. Wait, I know I know. I said that. in the beginning, you, Mike asked if anything changed, but it did change, and I said no. So You know, you're really debating a little bit. I, I, I was going to throw Bjork in there, but that, that wasn't the move. So. Okay. Good, good, you know, you know the good thing? <laughs> good. It's a good thing you wrote your lines in pencil so you could, you know, go over it. Yeah, exactly, so, yeah. No, good for you. I, I, I think easily, I, I can't believe Mike just healthy scratched. No, so I think that's completely savage. <laughs> yeah, was that your was that your mindset the entire like? One hundred percent. We saw this four week like a couple weeks ago. Like this. no, from I'm not even lying. From day one, I said Casey Milstead's my thirteenth forward. That is big, big baller bean. Like that's that's the kind of move for you right there. Yeah, yeah. I respect it. All right, so let's transition to our last uh, last little segment of Sabers talk, talking about the Atlantic teams. You know, if they got better, worse. Stay the same. We're this, you know, this week. Uh, we're talking about the Boston Bruins. Obviously, Mike spoiled a little bit of it during the prospect challenge. Yeah. That mostly they did kind of just in-house stuff. They re-signed Patrice Bergeron. They brought back Derek Krejci after his year hiatus, like Riley Sheehan. Uh, fun fact. Okay. And then made the... at least Riley Sheehan was still in the NHL. That's <laughs> true. And then uh, they traded for Pavel Zaka, who's kind of like a third liner. So they traded for yeah. a third liner. And they're just an old man organization right now. Yep, they traded. So they re-signed their first line center, who's still very good. They... I'll, I'll just want to. I'll just interrupt you real quick. I just want to present a uh, situation. Rude. I know. Um, do you think that team's going to have Linus Olmark as their starter, or are they going to go with? Jordan I think it's Swayman? a tandem. They're really just going. You think it's a fifty-fifty split? Yeah, between him and Swayman. Yeah. Okay. They're going to have a tandem. Obviously, then Krejci's kind of like really probably more of a third line center, but he'll play probably second line center. They still have Taylor Call, everyone's favorite ex-saber. Obviously, they're down uh, Brad Marchand <laughs> and Charlie McAvoy. They're probably their best overall. Their top two players are out uh, for the first couple months of the year. So Could bring back Chara. Could bring back Chara. At the last dance, we're going to have the video. Bring back the captain. The, the video recording. Of what's gonna happen, I I think they're still gonna make the playoffs. I think they're gonna get all their horses together and they're gonna make a run at the second half. But they could struggle in the first half. They're gonna be better than the Sabers. Um, I don't know. That's kind of like the Bruins are just a team that this is their last leg. I think when we talked about the Sabers as being a team that is waiting for the proper moment to like strike. Now they're, the, they're, they're waiting. They're 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 they're, uh, they're perching, perching up. up. Because after this year, I think the Bruins are done, and they're gonna. That's when they're gonna like. Bergeon's yeah. gonna retire. Krejci's gonna retire. Pasternak's gonna become a free agent. Yeah, this is it. This is the last dance, and this is why like the Sabers waited instead of the Senators and Red Wings who went for it. Maybe because they think that they can beat out this the Bruins, but I don't think the Sabers would have if they went for it. So good for the Sabers. Hopefully, you know this is the last year of them not not go, not really going for it. And again, another team in the East. You know, kind of like Pittsburgh and Washington, an older team that might be on its way to a full rebuild mode. Yeah, yeah, right. And then that leaves room for us to to take the cake. Take the cake. Yeah, yeah. Take a spot. Yeah. Couldn't say it better myself. So uh, that'll be the end of our Sabers uh, talk segment. Uh, Final one of, of season, season one. one. Yep, last one of season one. We'll go down for the final time down the rundown. Are you excited for football season? Well, we sure are, because with football season comes season two of the Buffalonian podcast. Staying on our normal day with two episodes a week, we will have the Buffalonian podcast every Tuesday or Wednesday, and then every Thursday, depending on if there's a Thursday night game or Friday, we will have the Betting on the Bills podcast, which is completely Bills-centric, all Buffalo Bills, and we'll be talking a little bit broad NFL 
Uh, we'll be picking games and you know giving our opinions on who's winning, and uh, it'll be it'll be interesting. And we'll be also coming at you with some video too on our YouTube channel, which will be linked in our bio on our social medias very soon. So we're very much looking forward to it. It's uh, very exciting, but yeah, season two will be coming at you this September. So without further ado, enjoy the rest of the show. We are back with the Buffalonian podcast and the rundown. So we're going to start it off with the Blue Jays. Uh, the Jays had a fantastic week going one and five in six games. So, you know, well, that was a... Better than your Yankees, right? <laughs> Let's just leave the Yankees and the peanut gallery out of this rundown, please, and thank you. So we're going to we're gonna continue with the Blue Jays. They lost, they lost the weekend series against the Guardians, and they also lost both games in their weekday series against the Orioles. The third game was rained out. So the Jays are currently playing a home series against those pesky Orioles and dropped the opening game seven to three. It's a little, that's tough. That's, there's no other way to put that than tough. So the Jays finish the series in Baltimore and go to New York to battle the struggling Yankees again. Here we go. You know, the outline's been typed. I'm, I'm, I'm a Yankees fan. This is a little tough right now in a four-game road set. The uh, the Jays are 61-53 and 53 and have dropped to the, la- the last AL wildcard positioning. That's just, again, tough. There's no other way about it. So the lone highlight game of the week was Toronto's two- Two to one Saturday win over Cleveland, and uh, seven Jays pitchers combined to only give up one run on six hits. And Matt Chapman and Anteoscar Hernandez homered, and that was all the Jays needed for that two to one victory. Small small win for the week, but let's hope the Jays are better for the rundown for season two. That's the last Jays rundown of season one for you, and we're gonna move on to the Bisons. So unlike the Jays, the Bisons had an incredibly successful week, taking five out of six in Syracuse. After a two-week hiatus, the Bisons will now return home for a two-week homestand. You know what? Two-week hiatus, that's that's like the it's like the podcast now. You know what I mean? Two weeks, we'll be back with season two. And uh, the Bisons now sit at 59 and 51 and are two and a half games back of first place in Durham and have a positive run differential. Lehigh Valley is 61 and 50 and are one and a half ahead of the Bisons. So the highlight of the week for the Bisons was Sunday's two to win Two to zero win over the Mets. The Bisons used six pitchers for the six-hit shutout win, and the offense was led by Lopez' three-hit game and Zach Collins' two-out RBI single. So hopefully the Bisons can come home to Buffalo and play great in front of the home fans. So that's gonna wrap it up for the rundown for this week and for season one. We'll be right back with Would You Rather with Mike after this. We are back with the Buffalo Lane Podcast, moving forward with yet another Would You Rather, the final one of season one. Yeah, we've been saying that for every topic except for the Bills now. <laughs> yeah. You just completely missed that in the yeah, intro, so, too. So you're, you're, you'll add that in, big guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. No time like behind, the present. Behind the scenes. Yeah. We'll fix it in post. Exactly. So <laughs> Post-production. Yeah. So um, last week was a pretty interesting one, I thought. It was pretty... You like Joe's last week? Yeah. I'd think about it for a minute. Um. This one, thanks. <laughs> I, I I don't know, I don't know about this one. I'm kind of on the first, fence. Is this our first bad one? I don't. Oh, that'd be tough. This is a sixth week. I mean, that that would be tough. We're bound for one. Okay, mm-hmm. here here we go. Would you rather be a player that peaks early in their career and the rest of their career is kind of mid mid, or would you rather be you start your career mid and towards the end you peak and have a very strong end to your career? Hmm. hmm. So like, would you rather have it like? Have, it's not a bad one. Here no, and then go down, or like 
I'd rather have. Okay, so honestly, God, I'd rather have the first one. You know why? Because you could probably make bank off that. If you were if you were good at the end of your career, like you ain't like you're probably about thirty five. No one no one paying you when you're thirty five. Like Tom Brady's I, better than he was when he was twenty. No, I'm, I'm saying I'm saying if I had my peak like in my mid twenties, I'm getting paid like a seventy million dollar contract. If I have on the sport, if, well, if I'm talking like the NFL. If if I if I have if I do my peak at the end at like thirty five, I'm not getting a seventy million dollar contract. That is a good point. I'd rather, you know. As the song says, we started from the bottom. Now we're here. You know what I mean. I, I'd rather I'd rather do that personally because I like. Here's here's what it is. I'm trying to think of an example. It, look at the Rocky movies. All right, that's all I want to say. Low level boxing, right? Like he doesn't he doesn't do anything. He, dude named Spider Rico in like an underground boxing ring, right? He then finally get, he's already already old. Like he's not like a young sure. fighter, a young prospect, if you will, or anything. He then gets his shot. And the end of his career is all up and up from there. Like, minus Rocky V, of course. And then he had that title fight in Rocky Balboa when he was, like, 70 years old. So I'd rather be good at the end of my <laughs> you career. You know what it is? You know who actually I think is the perfect example, and you could use the example for both? Kurt Warner. I was thinking you know, Kurt Warner, too. He was, he was the MVP in... Great 19- movie. Did you see the movie about him, by the way? No. Phenomenal. No, uh, Sorry, you that's know, a little... <laughs> you, know, you do the Beyond Blue and Gold, we do the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kurt Warner was the MVP in 1999, went to the Super Bowl, won, went to another Super Bowl loss, and then fell off the face of the earth. So, like, mm-hmm. that could be, like, the guy that peaked and then was mid. But then he rebounded and had a really good end of his career in Arizona. He's, like, a high another Super Bowl so, question. So, so, like, you mm-hmm. could say, like, if you had a Kurt Warner, be, like, if, if you were, like, mid and then you had, like, the Kurt Warner ending, like, that would be what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Sure. No, yeah. Yeah. no I, I, would, I would prefer that. I would take the first one because I want to, I, just, I mean, money. Mike, what would you take? I think just financially. You're speaking financially? I'm not about the money. I'm about because, the game, pal. But like, but like, I think, I think I'd rather, like, end my career stronger than... I'd rather go out on a high note. Exactly. Like, than, I'd rather, than, like, retire, like, yeah. like, a good player rather than, like, Kind of be outed like, by the league, right? Do you want to be? Look at Cam Newton. Example. Yeah, look at Cam Newton. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he started really hot. That is a good one. Ends yeah. his career. He can't even get signed because he's so bad. That is a good one. Yeah, but he was an MVP. He made a lot of money. Even here's my question: Would Brett Favre be considered that first option? No, no, he was pretty good throughout. I mean, he was good, but he wasn't. The end, he was bad. I mean, sure. he screwed himself in Minnesota. Like, right. they well, that's what I'm saying. Like, on. he went he out with that notion of him. I'd rather go out with Tom Brady on the Bucks going See, to another team. Think, you know what like, I'm saying? I think Being... if you start off your career well, you get that big contract, and then you probably get another big contract just based off name. Like you get another contract off your name. No, Cam's different because Cam got hurt. We're talking about guys who just played like mid. So like if I was a receiver, so here's here's if I, wait, if I was a receiver and I had like a, a couple of 1500 yard receiving years, and that's the best I get, and then throughout my career I get like 800, I'm still probably gonna get paid. Like I'm a thousand dollar receiver because of my past performance. I just I just want to take a second here and put it in 2018 quarterback draft terms. Okay. All right. So you have a Josh Allen, right? Mid in his first two seasons, arguably, right? Probably accurately. Yep. Only only coming out of college with a 56 percent completion percentage, right? You then have a game changer like Lamar Jackson who gets drafted hot running all over the place you know what i mean yeah you know what i mean immediately immediately running all over the place so his name's already up there before josh allen right sure josh allen has had an exponential amount of growth 
these past few years. And granted, Lamar has been injured. Another math term for you. Yes, another math term for me. Yeah. So Josh Allen, being who he is now, technically did that, not ending his career, like Mike's saying, but like he's... I understand what you're saying, though. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'd rather be the one to build my career and end high. It's a good comparison. It's also weird because it's like within their first five years. Right. I feel like this is But I'm talking like, you know, just in general, I'd rather build myself up from the ground. I feel like this is like if you had a 10-year career... And like one guy was really good year three, four, and five, and then was mid six to ten. And another guy was kind of mid the first like six years, six, seven years, but was good eight, nine, ten. Oh, well, then I have that for you. Ben Roethlisberger. Would you rather be like him? Well, Ben Roethlisberger won a Super Bowl like his second year. Exactly. Started high. He was was pretty good up till the Killer Bees broke up. That's true. Well, exa- look at how he ended his career. No, that's that's what I'm saying. How he ended, he was garbage. Yeah, like would you ra- you would rather that than go out on a high note like like Brady? Well, like, I think Brady's a unicorn. What I'm saying is he technically had that low start. Sure, you I know what I mean. Yeah. So it's like I'd like? rather I'd rather do that. Look at him still making. He's he's forty something and he's outdoing himself when he was twenty. I'd rather be doing that. Granted, like you said, a unicorn. But Ben Roethlisberger now is tainted by that last season. Everyone knew John he Elway. John Elway. Won exactly. two Super Bowls in his last two years. Yeah. That's true. And he could be like Dan Marino who went to a Super Bowl, I think, a second year and never got back. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that's true. But Aaron Rodgers just won two straight MVPs. No, that's right. He had those psychedelics. So, yeah, he's, he's all psychedelics. good. Psychedelics. Yeah. yeah. He contributed to his MVP run. But anything else anyone no, wants to add? It's an interesting debate, honestly. Mike, that was that was a good one. Thank you. We were, we were dogging on you for maybe having the first bad one, but... Now it's all on Kiko for season two. He's the opener. Yeah, this is if you didn't know, this is season one finale. Yeah, if you didn't know, if you didn't know <laughs> by, now. That by now. Yeah, so that's gonna do it for the Would You Rather segment, and we'll be right back with trivia right after this. All right, for the final time of season one, if you didn't know, it's season finale. <laughs> we are back. You're just gonna keep hitting that with yeah. trivia. Big, big day for Mike. He is the Would You Rather. Did a successful job to see if uh, his trivia questions are up up to par. Yeah. So. <laughs> We'll start, we'll just get right into it. We'll start with the Bills question. Okay. So, we know the Bills have won nine straight preseason games. Uh, who was the team that beat the Bills last time in the preseason? Hmm. I got to think back. Hang so on. So, they won nine. They had eight. They played a three-gamer. Three, three. I don't think they played any preseason games in 20. I think it was COVID, wasn't it? So this was a Tyrod Taylor this year. This is like 2018. Rex Ryan and Tyrod Taylor um, year? Okay, no. It's, it is 2018. I'm going to do... Oh, it's, either, it's either Cleveland Cleveland or Detroit, I won't say. They played, Cle- they played Cleveland in 2018. I was at that preseason game. I can't remember. I'm going to say Cleveland. Do you have an answer? I was at that Cleveland game, too. What? Yes. Sure. Yes, I was. Um... I'm gonna, no, I'm gonna pick. It was, I'm gonna piggyback off of you because I. I, I didn't think they won that. You guys, you guys. Uh, Did you miss it by a game? Was it had 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 the right year, 2018. It was actually against the Cincinnati Bengals, the Andy Damn, Dalton that's appreciation right. Sorry. game. What, what, it was no, it was. You're so right. What what week was that? Do you, do you August know? 26th. Week three. It oh, was. week two is the no, because that's when that's no. when AJ McCarron was playing. Yes, because yes. week, week two was the Browns game. Yes, week three was that game. Week four is the Detroit game. Yes, and the AJ McCarron was our starter that game. If I'm not wrong. Ah, oh, that's a tough one. Yep. Because Andy was, Dalton got us to the playoffs. There's a huge ovation yeah, for him. Yeah. All the donations to his charity. Oh, and he just comes you know, in and I feel, beats I feel us. Good about ourselves. No, yeah, that, that, that we was were a guess. ballpark. I was. I can't believe we were at that game. This was before we really like 
we're chatting. You know oh. what I mean? Oh. Wow. What a weird coincidence. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, Mike, hit us with another one. All right, Buffalo Sabres. So we know they're on a massive playoff drought, uh, longest in NHL history at this point. Um, so when was the first year? I'm, I don't know if I asked this or not, but when was the first year they qualified for the playoffs? Like in team history? In team history. Well, they came in at, oh, my God. The first playoffs 72. would have been 1971, just so you know. So, I, uh, 72 was a good guy. I, I'm going to go 72 as well. 73. Oh, man, I was mm. close. Come on. It was third year? Third year of his existence. Oh, then they missed the playoffs in 74, and then 75, they lost in the Stanley Cup. I thought it was their second year they made it. Oh, well. Was yeah. a, Again, you guys yeah. are pretty close today. We're, you know what we are? We're one, we're one too, we went back one too far. Yeah. We went back to week two instead of week three of 2018. We it's, went back to 1972 instead of 17. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So the final question, or Buffalo question. Okay. Another pretty iconic landmark, the Buffalo Skyway. I'm just not going to get this one right either. <laughs> when, when is it coming down? I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, actually, the opposite. When did it go up? When did it open? 60s? Uh, a little bit earlier. I'm gonna, 50s. I'm gonna, whoa. 1954. I'm going to say... I know there was like the Eisenhower highways, and he was president from like fifty. He was president in the fifties. So I'm gonna say fifty-seven. Nineteen fifty-five. I Dude. said fifty-four. Dude. Oh my gosh! One I mean, off. We were in the ball. Listen, we were in I the know ball. that one. Okay, that one was actually like a legit. Like I kind of could figure out like at least. No, nah, there's some good guesses today. Good, really, actually, Eisenhower really close. Eisenhower was the fifties highway. I, I, I pay attention to history yeah, class. You're right, you're right. Some you're really right. close answers. Close, but no cigar. Unfortunately, only close. Sorry, I'm flubbing big here. Close only season one. Yeah, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. So you know we got we got to be better for for season two. Sorry, you've never heard that before. It's an old time expression. But without further ado, that is going to do it for season one of the Buffalonian podcast. It's been a one hell of a ride. I'm Joe Kelly, as always, joined by. Dom Loss and Mike Marino, and we'll be back in two weeks with season two. And Dom, one last time, buddy, for season one. How do you always end these? Go Bills, baby. Go Bills. <laughs> <laughs>